footy and frothies. Daggy and Barney flying uh, as a duo tonight with Ollie not feeling well, the gumps uh, incommunicado, for lack of a better term. <laughs> but um, we'll soldier on and uh, get back to our roots, Barn, and Absolutely. talk some footy in person. Uh, big load, everyone. Check out rugbyleaguemerch.com.au for shirts, hats, and all the other good stuff there. Find us on socials, YouTube, Instagram. I think there's a TikTok. I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> and uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, et cetera, et cetera. Some news. Oh, how are you, David? Yeah, mate. For a, um, a 40-year-old unfit, overweight, borderline alcoholic with a nicotine addiction, <laughs> I'm going all right. Oh, love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> Oh, I thought I'd add a bit of jibber. Ollie's not here, so, you know. No, so actually, man, it was a really good day today. Everything I touched today seemed to turn to gold, which was which was good. Cause the we weather a, makes a difference, surely. We had a few issues pop up and managed to deal with oh, them without too many problems. So, had a real good day. Yeah. How about yourself? Yeah, getting that good. Just uh, handling some transition at work and plug, getting through that. But um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel now, which is nice. So, we'll see what summer brings. But... Um, some beautiful weather in Sydney town. Apparently, it's the one day because it's about to piss down for the rest <laughs> of the fucking year. But anyway, it's a nice change and uh, it's that perfect time of year when you get to enjoy it. Not too hot, not too cold, and just right, as they say. News time. Uh, Tra- Griffin Names re-signed with the Cowboys uh, for some time until twenty twenty-five. Not a whole lot of other signing news going on. Judiciary, well, there's plenty of controversy about. Um, What's happened there with Nelson getting off with yet another fine? Uh, Victor Radley and Rear Hargraves, more fines. Uh, Lindsay Collins will only be available if they were to make the grand final. Uh, Brian Kelly will miss four games for his throw. And the rest are all fines. Okapo is getting a match for his, uh, his tackle late in the game there. Uh, so, yeah, not a lot of other news at the moment. Uh, at least outside of what we can touch on game by game, I suppose. Uh, and in the preview especially, there's a bit of, you know, team news and that sort of thing. But we may as well plough straight into some good stuff. Unless anything you want to discuss? Any oh, thoughts on the judiciary stuff? Confuses the hell out of me how you can go... Like, obviously, we want the hip drop tackled out of the game and they've gone extremely hard at the last couple of um, instances of it. But when you can see a bloke cock his elbow and try to drive somebody's face in, elbow into somebody's face and they head into the back of the head into the ground. I don't understand how that escapes with a fine. Um, yeah, that's, there's a whole heap of talk about you want to keep the best players in the game, but that's the second instance of that grubby fucking bullshit with throwing elbows. And I, yeah, I really detest that, to be honest. And Munster's one wasn't much better to be either, considering he had the ball and he went back looking for a bloke to try and elbow him in the face. Like, yeah. It was obviously nowhere near as um, as intentful as uh, Nelson's one, but yeah, I, I hate it. I, I can't see how you can line somebody up with an elbow, and because you miss, you only get a, you don't get a week. You just get a fine. Yeah. And even when he did get a bloke a couple of weeks ago, he got he still got a fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> especially on the back of that last one, which was re- preposterous, really, to have. Um, I know that supposedly they you start your records again, this and that, and but. Surely after seven fines or whatever, I know. It's, Surely I know it's, there's loading throughout the year. Have, like your fines <laughs> should load into into other points, not just be a fine. Absolutely. The fact he hasn't missed a, year, a week this year is preposterous. Preposterous. preposterous and I have no yes. fucking idea how it happens. But I agree. Uh, and at, at least there's action on hip drops now. 
Um, shame it took this long. Um, Funny they were the same with the cannonballs, which is just as well, dangerous, I think. Almost a bigger bugbear because it's impact that that is. They're all career ending. Um, oh. But hopefully, well, you know, in uh, three weeks' time, there'll be a whole new match review and it'll be. <laughs> We'll have the same complaints next year, so I don't know what else we can the really... Whole different set of rules next year, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'll change. Surprise, this time wasn't... This time last year, they were testing new rules in some of these dead games, but yeah. anyway, um, hopefully common sense does come into play at some point. It's all we really ask for. Uh, yeah, might as well get into it, eh? Absolutely. Kicked off on a... What to kick off with Thursday night, as it tends to do with... The uh, Eels putting the hapless Broncos to the complete sword uh, in a pretty complete performance, to be honest, Barn. But um, what did the stats say, first of all? Yeah, we had Broncos on six, Eels on 53. One try to nine, 11, uh, one out of one conversions, eight out of nine for the Eels. And one out of one field goal attempts for Parramatta. 75% completion played 77%, which was 24 out of 32 sets, playing 38 out of 49 940-plus running metres and 367-plus post-contact metres for the Parramatta side. Two line breaks to eight, 23 tackle busts to 52, six offloads to 23, two force dropouts from both teams, 0-40-20s. 341 tackles played 233, three ruck infringements to one, one inside the 10 for both teams, eight penalties conceded to five, 15 errors to 14. Turpin made 46 tackles, Mahoney made 29 uh, Mayor made 117 running metres for the Broncos and Gutherson made 189. Mayor also missed eight tackles and made 14. Capewell missed seven and made 22. RCG missed five and made 18. Gutherson with 159 supercoach points. Papali'i with 123. Lane with 105. And then you had five other Parramatta players before you got the Branco Lee on 56 for the Broncos. The Broncos mm. seemed interested in this game for approximately 10 minutes, I would imagine. About five minutes in the first half, the first four minutes, and then when they scored, they were up and about for about a minute, and then five minutes to start the second half. And that was about the entirety of the effort that they put into this game. They put in about as much effort as Ollie did into Supercoach this year. So. <laughs> um, I thought we were looking at another 70-point game, to be honest, and the, apart from Parramatta dropping back a gear or so for... 10 minutes in probably both halves. Um, I think that would have been the case. It could have even been up upwards of 80, but um, they did sort of cruise towards the back end of both halves. Uh, that being said, they looked really impressive, I thought, in all parts of the field. Um, their halves were just catching and passing like it was training drill time for most of the game. Uh, their, their outside backs were really strong, the wingers and the, and the, um, the centres there. But um, the the Broncos Broncos were as poor as they were in 2020 when they won the spoon. Like they were completely uninterested. Uh, there was probably only three or four blokes that had decent efforts, and they were um, probably Corey Jensen, uh, Ricky, and Hass were probably the only efforts in the team. Uh, Lee was was average, but um, he he did put in. I thought Branko Lee was decent. Um, yeah. Parramatta's forwards. The front row and their bench were a little underwhelming, I thought. Like, uh, Paulo and RCG didn't really take hold of the game and their bench didn't add a great deal. But um, Madison and Paulo were good out of those out of the forwards there and the bench. But um, their outside backs absolutely destroyed Brisbane in this game. Uh, sorry, their their back rowers in this game absolutely destroyed Brisbane. Uh, you had uh, Papali'i and Sean Lane just running amok. Though. If they weren't so running over the top of people, they were offloading and passing before the line. Yeah, where's this Sean Lane form come from? Like, 
It's been about a good six to eight weeks, though. Yeah, we scoffed a month ago when he suggested he might be in his train squad, but he's almost hard not to pick in a 30 now, uh, at least as your your sixth, maybe five or six back rower. These last two months have been, yeah, really good. I don't don't think there's a better hole running forward in the game. He's a massive unit, and yeah, yeah, if you get him into a into a half a gap, he can create. Yeah. He's got an offload; he can pass before yeah. the line as well. So, yeah, um, and he's not the slowest back rower in the world either. He's actually got a little nah. bit of pace about him, so that sort of helps when you're hitting holes there. But um, yeah, he's been super impressive. Yeah, yeah, at least for the last month. But I'd say probably eight weeks, realistically. And whether it's just a you know the matter of the fact that the the timing's right with your halves put him in the right spot. And well, Dylan Brown's been in pretty good form, yeah. which helps as well for the last four to six weeks, I would say. But yeah, yeah, it's um, but he's been improved. Uh, you know, obviously we're just about to get to them, but I think he's been. You know, when we talk about most improved, it's hard to he'd be in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Gutherson's best game. best game all year was where I was going. You may continue that thought. <laughs> no, no, go for it. Uh, Gutho's best game. His, his time was spot on. His um, it just looked like Pete Gutho from pre-Origin last year. Chiming in really um, well in the back line. Yeah. Picked his spots and maybe, maybe having his partner in Crumb Sevo there is a bit of a. A bodyguard and whatnot. And some of his ball playing was really nice. He threw mm. some really good passes in this game. Set up as, tries. Uh, as a complete unit, this is the best powers. It's easy when I beat Brisbane by 50 and so is, you know, <laughs> this is a team that lost to the Tigers um, a month ago. So you've got to put it a bit in perspective, but I don't understand how the drop-off has been so extreme for Brisbane and what that quite means. Um, I think I think I'm willing to put it down to the, the tank being completely empty and that's it. And Reynolds going off early. You lose your leadership. You lose anyone who's going to possibly. Oh, never up. in this game when Reynolds and just, went off. And that was it. Uh, Ma'am was a deer in the headlights, even when they had a bit of um, possession. He had a couple times. of nice runs, but I think he's yeah. still going to be a. He, he can still be a star. He's just you know end of the day he's nineteen and he's eighteen, played played a bit of footy at the back. Five end. six, yeah. um, and he's strong and he's big. He'll be fine. But I think they've rested him. I think they've just said right. They've brought Gamble back this week, but it's more. I think it's as much an older body as. And he's always a Anything spot else? player as well. They always pick him to run at, and he gets plenty of traffic run oh, at him. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Um, as, as in case in point with Nelson last week. Uh, yeah, I can't even think of anyone I really want to talk up for Brisbane. I think off-season can't come good enough, uh, quick enough for him yeah. and just refresh and say, right, now we can get we, – we, we know how to get close enough. How do we then get that next step? That's the thing. Six weeks ago, they looked like a team that probably only needed one or two players brought into their lineup. To be very competitive next year. Now it's looking like half the side needs to freshen up. Realistically, mm. the way that they've That's just right. got back to that um, effort that they were putting in in twenty twenty when they won the spoon, where they just did don't look interested at all. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what it is. I can't. I, supposedly the stories coming out of the dressing room are fabrications, but who knows? You know, if we, we now have a generation of. Um, these kids that apparently can't be blown up by a coach. Wrapped so in how, cotton wool how how's anyone going to rev yeah. anyone up anymore? I don't know. Um, yeah, what are the takeaways? So, so when we get to it in the preview, how how realistic of a chance is power? They've now put together a good three weeks. Mm-hmm. Are they back? Are they the real deal? You're going to find out a lot more this week when they come up against this Melbourne. Is, I, I would imagine, it. but they're probably sitting about where they where I think they they belong. Fourth or fifth, they probably are. Close to the fourth or fifth best team in the competition. Um, on their day, South and Roosters are probably going to push them and maybe get them. But yeah. um, they're good enough to at least compete with pretty much every team in the comp. Mm. So it's just going to be a matter of them being able to put the back-to-back efforts, which they haven't been able to produce at this time of the year yeah. recently. But how, and how big they can the... put three games together, they'll be in the grand final. Well, that's right. You, you, 
they and they know they don't have to beat two teams really to in their minds they'd be sitting there thinking we only have to beat two teams to win the comp and they've beaten them already. Yeah, and if they and, and, if they and win beat this them week, last which, year. They'll be re- you would imagine they'd be extremely revved up. This would be probably one of the biggest effort games you'll see out of Parramatta coming into this I week. I can see this to fight for I can see the four. This would be it gives them that second crack. We'll, we'll save we'll save that preview. Um, but you reckon Gutho three? Yeah, I'd Gutho three Lane points. two, lane two, Brown one. I'd Papa Lee. Well, I'm fine you with could that. also go with Brown. Um, no, Papa Lee sounds good too. I think their back row was tremendous. Um, yeah, just quickly the. <laughs> we started chatting off here, uh, <laughs> as opposed to on. But um, we we're just saying that. Uh, look, surely Patrick Aaron shouldn't take that much out of this team. But um, we might just touch more on on that. That you know, Haas, Haas losing his partner in crime when he had such an incredible combination. Like those two beat Parramatta last time round. You can compare apples yeah, to apples absolutely. in personnel uh, against what happened last time, where they owned them through the middle there yep. and bashed a you know. This hot forward back supposedly out of the game, uh, and and yeah, that that tag team I guess maybe is more important than we thought. By yeah, well, there's a lot of aspects to Carrigan's game that go unnoticed by I think a lot of people that um, don't watch it as closely as as other as others do. But like, you look at the way um, behind the line with a lot of these tries on the weekend, there was nobody in the middle of them yelling and screaming and carrying on and trying to rev oh. the boys up. And when he was there, every time he was in the middle of them, telling them where they needed to be, what, yep. how they had needed to be better. The one-two punch with um, Hass and Carrigan, you, I noticed anyway that generally it was Carrigan that would take the first hit up. And he generally gets a little bit lower and um, uh, it's a bit harder to, for two and three blokes to hit him and sort of push him backwards. Whereas when Hass is on his own, he's generally the bloke who he's takes the upright, first hit yeah. up. And he does run a lot more upright. And when you've yeah. got two and three blokes coming in, it's just more area for him. They can hit low to start with, and then two blokes can wrap him up over the top and just start marching him backwards. Yeah. And um, he's he's copped a lot more physicality in the last four weeks without Carrigan. Because uh, if Carrigan comes in and gets a quick play of the ball, he's just got a lot more time and the line's on the back foot and they're not charging out trying to bash him. And um, while he's still making meters, he's not nowhere near as impactful as he has been recently. And also in defence... You've noticed the halves missing a lot more tackles than the, what they were a month ago, and a lot of that was due to Carrigan's clean-up work. Uh, sort of those half breaks where Carrigan comes across and cleans it up, it doesn't end up being a missed tackle and a line break. It ends up being a half sort of bump off, and then the, the play shuts down, whereas now they're spinning out of Ezra Mam and Adam Reynolds, and there's no one there to clean it up. So He's been tremendous for them this year, and um, you, you can see in the last four weeks how much they've missed him. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... um. Even just um, their ability to support each other through offloads. They, they, yeah, absolutely. They, they, they do play together. Through, yep. um, if one got an offload, generally to the other, who would then bust another eight metres and all of a sudden... 20 metre hit an, up instead uh, of an eight metre hit With all due respect, an average sort of hooker is able to look good because he's got such quick um, play the ball speed. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they can get them both fit next year and if he's still there, we'll... Uh, <laughs> We'll see that, but we, you know, the importance of Pat Carrigan, we singled him out. I think it was his first game back that he was, or second game back, we thought he was the best player at Magic Round in the flesh. So gives you the idea of the rap. 46-12, we've, we've waffled a little bit because I don't know how we analyse half the rest of this shit, but uh, <laughs> 46-12, uh, didn't raise the 50. Apparently a key stat is that every team that's won the comp for in the last forever has won by a game with a 50 score at some point. They couldn't quite get there, but they... Oh, right. They looked pretty good um, against uh, whatever team turned up here, Barn. Yes, 46 to 12. 
eight tries to two, seven out of eight conversions, played two out of two for the Warriors. 84% completion played 82%, which was 33 out of 39 sets, playing 28 out of 34. 211 post-contact metres and 677-plus running metres for the Panthers. Nine line breaks to three, 54 tackle busts to 15. Nine offloads to two, one force dropout against six for the Warriors. 321 tackles made by Penrith, 335 by the Warriors. Two ruck infringements against both sides. Two inside the 10 against the Warriors. Four penalties conceded to five, eight errors to nine. Yo made 43 tackles. Darcy Lussick made 37. Brian Toto with 199 running metres. And it's Freddie Lussick, not Darcy Lussick. <laughs> Fenua Blake with 138 running metres. Smith, uh, Chris Smith missed three tackles, made 29. Walsh missed six and made 10. And Violia missed seven and made 14. Supercoach points, May 113. Sullivan with 110. Toto with 103. Kick out with 102, and then four other players before you got to Torhu Harris on 73 super coach points. He was tremendous, Torhu, in a losing team. God, he's a good player. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've mentioned that before, me. but like he, they, they would have lost by 50 if he wasn't on the field. Uh, and even their points of attack, we even, set up their both points, even, yeah. even his points, wouldn't have come if he wasn't on the field. Uh, it does leave, uh, what do we even say about um, the Warriors first? Not a lot. Big str- Valia had some nice moments. Kosi had some nice moments. Um, Reese Walsh looked okay at times. Probably his best game in a couple of weeks. But he's got a long way to go. I, yeah. I if you're Brisbane, he he he's he, good on him, and, I, and like I think he's got talent. But he's picked up this new deal back at Brisbane on potential, and that's it, or uh, or on hype because Tamari Tamari Martin's almost a more reliable. Um, Conveyance there. and Tessie New, I think, has got more raw ability. So you've, you're, you're choosing, and not that doesn't mean he's going to play one either. But um, Cobo's probably going to be better than both. Cobo could be a freak. So <laughs> the there's there's done. three that um they're choosing to back over. Oh, they're choosing Reese Walsh over. So I oh, know it's easy to say when you've been bashed out of the comp. You know who knows what are you actually bringing it behind your houses and garrikins. But um, do we need to speak much more about? The Warriors barn, first of all? I thought they looked like a good team for the first 10 minutes. Mm. They had a lot of energy. Um, and there was a love, that lovely try assist from Toru Harris, who's put um, the forward away, and then Walsh was backing up. But um, the Panthers looked really disjointed, I thought, for the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. It looked like um, Luai may, may have thrown them out a little bit. They weren't sort of gelling. So O'Sullivan and um, Luai weren't gelling that well. There was a lot of drop ball in that first 20 minutes or so. But... Um, they got back to doing what they they do best, which is just sticking to that grind and you know making the Warriors work, and they made them work for the next uh, you know ten minutes. You know, two, it was only probably twenty five minutes that they needed to work the Warriors over before they started to crack, and then ten minutes after that, the cracks turned into massive holes in the defensive yeah. line, and Penrith just did what they do. They um they hit the edges. Uh, if they had a team full of Torhu Harris's, they'd go close to winning the comp, but um, <laughs> they don't, unfortunately. Um, he did all he could, playing big parts of the match, but I thought Katoa was strong for the Warriors um, at the front row. Afoa, uh, Fanua, Blake and Curran were decent. Darcy Lussick's a really good defensive um, hooker, and you know that's the biggest asset that he can bring to a side. I, I don't know how he... Um, goes so much with the ball playing but obviously Wade Egan and him could probably form some sort of combination next year um, 
The Panthers bench didn't have a lot of impact, uh, except for probably Lenu. I thought he was good. He only played 20-odd minutes, which is... He's only played 20 minutes pretty much the entire season, which is uh, interesting to me. But he does have yeah. an impact when he comes on, when he's running the ball. Um, the back line was fantastic. May, Crichton uh, were probably the best of those. They had... Um, they were really strong in attack with ball in hand. Um, and, again, Crichton was really good in defence. His kicking um, was outstanding too. He's a genius. Like goal kicker. S- yeah, yeah. There's six clubs that are killed for someone like him to kick. <laughs> I know one of them. Absolutely. Um, I thought O'Sullivan probably had his best game for the year. I know he's only played two or three, but he was I really thought good. I bought. I think Lou I bought the best out of him because it, 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 re- it just brought him back to not trying to have to do too much. He yeah, can yeah. keep clean and... Um, and I thought that was a massive benefit. And, and, and you can yeah. see where, if they find the right, if, if the Dolphins are to find, say, you know, I don't know, a Cameron Munster, they could work well together. Um, and I thought it was a really good return for Lloyd. I think it was everything you want to see. If you're a Panthers fan, it was pretty much what you'd want to see from yeah, Lloyd. Yeah. Yep. yeah, absolutely. A yeah, um, little bit slow to start, but you expect that after a month off. Yeah. Um, Leota was good. So was Appy, I thought, until he um, rolled his ankle there. But he was. Um, he I, was, he was outsta- I thought he was outstanding he's again. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm now like looking through. I've already got Rose cloud glasses on, but Jesus is good in this game. Yeah. Um, I thought Kickout was very good, but he had a couple of handling errors there, which is part of his game occasionally, unfortunately. Um, and I thought Yo and Fisher Harris were f- absolutely fantastic. They led the forward pack. Um, Yo was doing his thing again, but <laughs> doing a lot of the ball playing. Yeah. But um, he was a little bit more. Uh, he played a bit more direct. He didn't ball play as much as he has done previously, and I thought that was a really good forwards effort out of him. I I gave O'Sullivan three points in this game. I just thought he was um, basically the catalyst for most of their attack. He's got them into the positions where they needed to be, and um, without him, they would have struggled. Uh, Fisher Harris two and Yo one. Yeah, um, I'm fine with that. Honorable mentions. Uh, I, I, no, I wouldn't mind giving a point to Stephen Crichton, but I just don't know. Yeah, it's hard, not in front it? of those two because I thought it was Crichton's. I thought Crichton was fantastic. I think he's been really good for two weeks now. Um, honourable mention Crichton. Honourable mention Torhu. Honourable mention uh, Appy. Yep. Appy with that. Because, yeah, Sullivan had, what what was it, try, try assist, two line break yep. assists. His kicking was, His kicking was pinpoint fantastic. just about. Yep. Uh, and, uh, like, if you'd argued a point for Luai, I, I wouldn't have been upset, but it, it wasn't necessarily as game-important stuff as as um, as the the rest of it. We followed that up with one of the games of the season, I thought. 18-14, Roosters over the Storm. It was a – it was one of the few games I can remember lately. Um, there has been a few lately where it was, I almost couldn't look away. I thought every minute of this was a, was entertaining and something was happening. Uh, and the ebbs and flows were fantastic. But what did the, star, what did the uh, stats say, <laughs> David? Yeah, so we had two tries for Melbourne, three for the Roosters. Two out of two conversions played two out of three. One penalty attempt out of uh, sorry one at one successful attempt out of one for both teams. Seventy five percent completion for Melbourne, eighty two percent for the Roosters. Thirty one out of forty one sets played, thirty two out of thirty nine. One hundred and twenty five plus post contact meters for the Roosters. Six line breaks to two. Forty tackle busts to twenty three. Ten offloads to fourteen. Two forced dropouts to one. Zero forty twenties. Three hundred forty five tackles played, two hundred ninety eight. Three ruck infringements against. Melbourne won against the Roosters. Seven penalties conceded to 11, 14 errors to 10. A sin bin for the Roosters. Grant, 40 tackles. Nate Butcher with 38. Hughes with 152 running metres. Manu with 172. 
Kenny Bromwich missed six tackles, made 33. Warrior Hargraves missed six and made 21. Hughes with 105 supercoach points. Marnie with 82. Kenny Bromwich with 72. As you mentioned, one of the better games of the year, I think, in te- in terms of physicality and commitment. Uh, both teams were just slightly down on execution. There was a few opportunities there that was were sort of bombed, but that was partly due to the um, the defensive efforts from both teams. They were hitting really hard. Uh, it was physical. It was quick line speed, which made it uh, difficult in attack for both teams for the 80 minutes. Uh, I think they probably saved more tries than they scored between the two teams, to be honest. Um, there were some really good defensive efforts in scrambles to get across. Scra- I wouldn't necessarily have best line defence, but best scramble we've seen all year. Yeah, desperation. Yeah, absolutely. And as I mentioned, it, which led to a lot of tries that was were saved. Um I thought the Roosters looked dominant early and um, they, they probably looked like they were going to win uh, comfortably and then they, they sort of, uh, they seemed to fatigue late. I thought they, the last sort of 15, 20 minutes they got pretty tired there but on the back main, of their like de- defence. and a few other things, yeah, in there, but yes. But on, yeah, on the back of their defence and determination the, in their the defence, they uh, managed to scrape through. Uh, I was a bit... I understand why Warrior Hargraves got binned just due to the constant niggle that was going on there for that five or ten minute period before he got the ten minutes in bin, but I don't understand how he goes and Nelson doesn't go at the same time. Um, but yeah, and I've already mentioned the forearms to the face that, yeah, then you get a letter of concern for Munster. <laughs> like, what's that all about? You send a bloke a letter, we're concerned about your actions. Like, just fucking hit him with whatever, you know? If you're concerned about it, deal with it. But this right. is what leads to... Oh, we watched down through NRL 360 before we did the show, and like his manager's laughing about it. It's like, so why bother? Either why bother, or um, absolutely. I'm starting to think to lean towards. So if you're on 300 a year, in what's what would uh, 24 games? Well, fucking find people 10 grand. Take them instead of 1500. I'll have to work out what your match fee might be, but yeah, take your match fee. Or uh, most of it, yeah. Because 1,500, they, they put that through the pokes on a Friday. <laughs> uh, and some. Yeah. A, and, um, yeah, but if they start losing 20, oh, fuck. I might just pull my head in. Yeah. Or get rid of it. Yeah, so anyway. I thought yeah. um, Seve was probably the best of the outside backs for Melbourne. I thought he's really strong with the ball in hand. Do a couple of nice passes as well and set up some tries. Um, we've sort of given him a bit of rubbish over the over the season, but I thought he was really strong in this game. Um the Munster was targeted, I thought. I thought they went out of their way to rough him up and get in his face and made it difficult for him, and he seemed to lose his head uh, at different times in the game, and um, he was pretty ineffectual, realistically, throughout the entirety of the game. Um, the bench really had no impact for, for Melbourne, but their, their whole starting forward pack were decent. The Bromwich brothers worked hard. Nelson had good impact, but was sort of hit and miss, sporadic. You know, I thought he was times. good. But I, I say he's excellent, but I thought he was very good. Yeah, there was 10 or 15 minute yeah. periods where he was excellent, and yeah. then sort of five or 10 minutes where he'd just fade into the background a little bit. Yeah. But um, Kamakamika was decent again, I thought. Um, he's a big body and hard to handle. Harry was good, but again, he was pressured. Uh, they went out of their way to get in his face and make his life difficult. Uh, Hughes was the, was the Storm's best player, I thought, easily. Um, some of the, the breaks he made and the, the the holes he put players through was fantastic, and a lot of that was just due to his positioning on the field and making sure he was in the right spot to put away his outside men. Um, 
Roosters forwards were strong in attack. Um, they missed a few more tackles than normal. I thought there was, um, they, you know, they they got busted a little bit in the middle of the field at times. Uh, but as a pack, they were they were good. Um, Lodge limited minutes. I think they probably should need to increase his minutes by about ten or fifteen realistically because they they're getting a lot out of him with in I attack. Think Collins being out. Yeah. Uh, will. Yeah, ball in hand, he's been fantastic for them recently. Uh, Crichton, Radley and Verrills were, were good again um, without being excellent. And uh, I don't know what's happened to Nat Butcher, but he's turned into an absolute freak recently. <laughs> he was extremely good again, I thought. Um, and the difference in the game was probably the defensive uh, efforts out of the backs from the Roosters. I thought the way that they, they shut down a lot of um, Melbourne when they did seem to make half a break, there was two or three blokes there to make sure it got shut down. Um, Teddy was decent, but yeah, I thought Manu was the best player for the Roosters. He's um, when he gets into the middle of the field, I think he's more effective in the middle of the field than he is out in the centres. Yeah, be honest. I think. But, well, he's a fullback. Yeah. I think he's a fullback, and I think he's a fullback that um, I've said before. If you're the Tigers and you had a million bucks to spend, go and offer him nine hundred. But even when he gets into dummy half, like you know, yeah, he jumps yeah. out and he drags two blokes with him, and he plays the short ball, yeah. or he goes himself and bullies his way over the but line. That, but this is this is the Cam Munster style fullback now. It's like you you float in and out. It's look where Nico is. It's you almost need to be right. True. Uh, that sort of. But he's stronger than both of them. Yeah. He's, oh, a, he's a beast. Yeah. He's um. He's in. Uh, yeah, he's he's stronger than both. Then I was going to compare him to Dewey and Burton, but that's different different thing as well. Um. Anyway, the bloke you didn't mention I want to wrap is Siswa in first game. He was oh, sensational yeah, yeah, first game back through that middle period where that could have fallen apart. I thought it was fantastic. He made I think he made a couple of errors, but he was fucking awesome. I don't awesome. think he missed the tackle. And but um, I think he dropped a ball. He might have dropped a key ball. It was probably soon after I wrapped him. But um, <laughs> he was fantastic. And um, I agree with you with Lodge, and I think um, it'll be a ble- – I hate to say it, a blessing this guy's for Lindsay Collins to be out because – I think his first four touches were already the errors or drop balls. He has. And then he gave away pe- two penalties. And he did, he, I will give him credit, he had a match-winning tackle there. Uh, match-winning when he got back for the, the scramble to a cover clean up a, kick. a yeah. kick there was fantastic. But, yeah, he's got, I think him not being there will increase Lodge's minutes, increase Takiyo's minutes. I think Lodge and Takiyo is fine when you got uh, Butcher on the bench. And that can free up either, uh, I don't know who they've named this week, but they've got... Um, other cattle there that can do just as good a job, I think, especially if they do get... I don't know how their outside backs are tracking to come back, um, whether he could have a, another Hutchinson on the bench or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think you've covered it all pretty well. Uh, and, you know, we'll reinforce what you've said about Verrills in the past, um, or what we've said for the last six weeks since our eyes were opened. <laughs> uh, who's who going to give points to you? I gave it to Manu. I thought he obviously yeah, had all the impact on the Roosters. Pretty much most of their points he had a hand in. Um, so I gave him the three points. Even though Hughes, there's definitely a debate that Hughes could probably uh, deserve the three points over Manu. But I just went with the winning team and gave it to Manu. Then Hughes with two. And then I either had um, Kenny Bromwich or uh, Butcher for the one. I would throw... Um I'll throw Matt Lodge in close to a one discussion there. Um, yeah, go with go with Butcher. Yeah. Go with Butcher. Uh, Victor Radley, he may not be seen. He, look, there's a chance he may not be seen again. That was a scare. We've seen it before with the, the convulsing, but yeah. he's very, very close to Boyd Corden territory now. Apparently he woke up without symptoms the next day. So. Wow. 
But what, he, he does that it. Means, he, he manages to do exactly the same thing twice a year. Get his head on the wrong yeah. side of the tackle. He does it all yeah. the time. He's special. I, I don't know. To the temple. I don't. Obviously, it's a natural action, and I don't know how you, you can sort of fix it on the fly or anything else. But um, maybe it's an off-season project. Maybe, but he um, he actually looked pretty good this game as well. But he um, all the he's best to him. Hopefully, some good form, yeah. hopefully but. he just looks a bit much crisper now. He's getting some foot in his belt. But hopefully, he's back. Um, he lost. You know, he had his little moments too. But it, it's all for entertainment. End of the day, it's for entertainment, and you can say you want about. Safety and this and that. We want to watch. This is the sort of game I want to watch. Oh, mate, every team needs two or three big aggressive <laughs> players in their forward pack, and yeah, the Roosters have got plenty, and so do the Storm. So they I, I, I realistically believe that could be a grand final preview. I think they, they're two that you'd now. Well, they're going to trouble everyone. They've, they've got everything covered now. They're back to close to their best. It's not going to be easy to beat them. That's for sure. Forty-eight to six uh, kicked off Super Saturday. Canberra over the Seagulls, or what's left of the Seagulls. <laughs> uh, even, a, even a Canberra team on fire, it's, uh, it doesn't compute them putting 48 on Barnes. So tell no, us what the stats Absolutely read. it doesn't. Uh, nine tries to one, six out of nine conversions played, one out of one. A missed penalty attempt for the Raiders, 88% completion for the Raiders and 72% for Manly. 38 out of 43 sets played, 27 out of 37. 740-plus running metres and 230-plus post-contact metres for the Raiders. Eight line breaks to three, 44 tackle bust to 32, 15 offloads to six, zero force dropouts, zero 40 20s, 297 tackles made by Canberra, 357 made by Manly, three ruck infringements to two, one inside the 10 against both teams, two penalties conceded to three, six errors to 10. Horsburgh made 26 tackles, Croker made 49, Savage with 226 running metres and Cooler with 244. Whiten missed five tackles, made 13. Olakawatu missed seven and made 31. Rapana with 124 supercoach points. Young with 104. Fogarty with 96. And then one other player before you got down to Tapau on 60 for Manly. Uh, Manly's right-hand side defence was atrocious in this game. Um, young Ben Trebojevic was all over the place, which put his winger and his inside man out of, um, out of position consistently. Is he, now, to, is he now well enough exposed where you can just forget about him as yeah, any... Yeah, I think so. Any, <laughs> as being the, any there was big semblance of the best Trojevich. Coming through... Well, um, he's yeah, not even top two now. Coming through uh, reserve grade, he actually looked like quite a good, handy player, but um, his efforts in first grade are definitely, uh, definitely a problem um, for his career moving forward. I'm sure there's something in there, and they hopefully they can find it, but... <laughs> In defence in this game, he was he was shocking. Um, Canberra's cr- – you've got to give Canberra credit because as soon as they realised that side was off, they just went back there and went back there consistently. Um, and they cut them to pieces with some really direct running. Uh, Whiten's best ball-playing game I've seen for years, to be honest, since he won the Daly M. Um, that first cut-out pass to Rappiner to score in the corner was sublime. That was uh, one of the, like, the absolute pinnacle of um, cut-out passes. Hit the bloke on the chest and he scores in the corner. Um, I thought Manly's bench were poor except for probably Dylan Walker who's put in an effort every game this year he's been quite good for Manly uh, their outside backs and back rowers especially their back rowers which is concerning because they've been some of their better players for the entire season but they struggle badly um, I thought Parker and Cooler were good their halves sort of went missing a little bit Aloye and Tapao put in a really good effort as did Croker but that's pretty much the only performances <laughs> that you got out of um out of them, out of the manly side, I thought 
this was probably one of the best bench performances I've seen out of a team this year. Everyone that came off the Canberra's bench had an impact. Uh, they they all put in massive efforts, and um, two of them were actually probably the stronger performances for the entire game in um, Gula and Horsberg. I thought they were fantastic through the middle of the field. Um, Where's he been all year, Gula? He's been in and out. He's been sort of playing, but I think he's only been getting about 20 minutes mm. most games. And then um, He was, was one of the better were, players last year, and he's been good since they brought him back. There was a bit of an injury layoff there as well, I'm pretty was sure. That, was that him that broke his head? Point. No, it was a, that was a softer side <laughs> a couple of years ago. But, um, yeah, I thought Rapana was really good. Uh, the backs were all good, but Rapana was a standout. He's moving better than I've seen him move for quite a while. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's been doing some balance training or something, but he... He seemed to be moving really well in this game. And Chris is probably becoming their strongest, consistent mm. contributor week in and week out. He's um, He just runs his tough lines. He's pretty decent in defence as well. And he's um, he's becoming one of their best backs in, in this Canberra side. Papali and Tuffany were strong without being great. Um, fucking Hudson Young score a try from five metres out or what? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he puts in grubbers for himself. Someone taps it down and it just falls in his lap and he fucking falls over the line or he barges out a dummy half and scores tries. He just <laughs> What would this team have been for the last 18 months if Tapane and Young never fell off that cliff? Yeah, They would have been impressive last year and they would have um, – they could be top – Five years, five, yeah, six. Yeah, well, they, they were pretty slow to start the year, but um, it coincided with both of them hitting yeah. their straps and they've been good for... And we we, we were well, keen on them since the start of the show, going back three years. Yeah, absolutely. They've got a they've got a pretty decent lineup, and I think they've... If, if they have Fogarty, if they have their spine on the they're, field, they're a... They're a they're, well, the typical camera that next year they'll be that genuine six or seven that you've... They're the gatekeeper team. Yeah, absolutely. If you beat them, you'll be... You've well, I think they're going to probably... They'll they'll push somebody in the finals, whoever they play. Mm. They, they're probably not going to beat them, but they'll, I think they'll give them a good effort yeah. for 50 or 60 minutes of the game. Um, I thought that both the halves for the Canberra team had their best games of the year. Um, definitely Fogarty and, yeah, Whiten looked... Um, I really like the way he engaged the line. Uh, most of the year he's just sort of floated across the back line and tried to throw cutout passes mm. where he was digging into the line and throwing it at the line, which makes so much of a difference for the for your outside men. It just draws defenders and yeah. open space. So, yeah. And we see that. We see that. We've seen it with Kiri since he started running the ball, how important it is to take the line on as a half. Yeah. And Fogarty's kicking game was fantastic. His bombs were pinpoint in this game, which was uh, led to a lot of pressure, which, um, yeah. Manly just couldn't handle men, but most of them aren't interested either at the moment. So, yeah, the final word on this one is: I, I, I can see those Manly backrows not being there after November. I think they, I think there's more damage done than people realise. Out of the fiasco a few weeks back, three to White and two to Fogarty, one to Rapana. Or you want to go different way around? I went Chris for three. I thought yeah. he was fantastic. Okay. Scored a couple of tries. Um, set up, set up. Rapana's tries as well. I think if you go no, through the fair. stats, they were fantastic for Sebastian Chris. Um, I had White with two and then either Rapana or Young for the one. Young probably flattered with two tries, a barge over and a ball that landed in his lap. But Yeah, leave him out, go the other ones. Go Rapana. Yep. Yeah. Just because I think he's deserved it late in the last month. I've, yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah, thrown him up as prediction for man of the match in a couple of those games. and Even games have gotten beaten, he's tough. 16-0 uh, trades 
<laughs> I can't even say that. It's not no, a trademark. Not this was a, 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 an average game of footy. Uh, it but was the an Sharks won. They beat the Bulldogs, who I think are, have already got uh, one one plane on the foot to Bali. Uh, but anyway, they, they did it and they they didn't concede a point, so Barnwood, the stats say. Well, the airs seems to have come out of the balloon since they've signed um, Serato, to yeah. be honest. like Obviously, they've just gone, oh, well, this bloke's not going to be here next year, so what's the point of busting our ass now for yeah. this bloke? You know what I mean? <laughs> it it's just seems it's to bizarre, be that way. Like, it was li- no, yeah. I think it was probably week four, but yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, three tries to zero, two out of three conversions for the Sharks, 64% completion for Cronulla and 82% for the Dogs. 29 out of 45 sets, played 32 out of 39, six line breaks to zero, 50 tackle bust to 18. Probably the only um, thing that the Sharks will take away, their defence was good again. Uh, two offloads to 11, two force dropouts from both teams. One in, one forty twenty for the Dogs, 353 tackles, played 329. Two ruck infringements against the Dogs and an inside the 10. Six penalties conceded from both teams, 18 errors for the Sharks, 10 for the Dogs. Braley with 49 tackles, Jeremy Marshall King with 46, Talakai with 206 running metres, Vaughan with 164, Nakora missed four tackles, made 32, Burton missed six and made 18, and Jackson missed seven and made 34. Nakora with 101 supercoach points, Moylan with 83, and then three other Sharks before you got down to Braden Burns on 55. All right, this David, I, I watched this game. I'll put you in the, you know, you're the Sharks, man. You've got a pretty good feel for him. I watched this game and just went, well, you can get your texture out and don't worry about the Sharks winning the comp because I thought it's, it's – I don't know why, but in this game it felt more exposed ever that they were very, very sloppy. But, you know, they've won, what, half a dozen games this year being terrible. Well, no, terrible at not. times yeah. and they've won games. Um, are you still sitting quite chuffed? Do you think there's work to be done here? Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um, the defence at the end of the day – Generally, the team that wins the comp is the best defensive team in the comp, and they're in probably the top three defensive sides in the competition. Um, when they're hot in attack, they are fantastic, and they can match pretty much anyone. They do have a bad habit of playing 20 or 30 minutes of bad football in every game, and in this one, they decided to play 20 minutes <laughs> of half-decent football and an hour of garbage. <laughs> this game was absolutely a cure for an insomnia, this one. Um there was more errors in this game than good kicks or passes combined, like from both teams. Yeah. <laughs> it was just more errors than anything that good that happened. Nico just forgot how to football for 60 minutes. Um, as I said, instead of playing 15 to 20 minutes of um, poor football, they decided to play 15 to 20 minutes of okay football and an hour of absolute crap. Uh, the defence was good enough, but, yeah, they definitely played down to their opposition in this game. I think it was basically having a rest without having a rest. Yeah. Resting players without resting players. Um, yeah, the, the, the dogs are pretty poor all over the field, really, and it looked like there was very little fucks given in this match from both teams, um, especially from the dogs, apart from maybe Braden Burns and um, Aaron Shoup. I thought they definitely had a crack. They were up for the game, and um, the Shoup... Molitano battle was probably the most interesting aspect of the entire game because they were in each other's face, calling them, calling each other all sorts of names for the entire game. Um, Molitano ended up obviously grabbing a couple of tries to win that battle, but um, Avarillo, Caraz, and uh, Josh Adokar were pretty much non-existent for the Dogs. Um, there wasn't much spark, creative spark for the Dogs, but all that was there was from Burton. Um, Jeremy Marshall King just does what he does, makes his 40 tackles, and he's he's a um, very good player. I thought Fatala Mariner was probably the dog's best player by a fair space. Um, 
there was quite a few blokes that went missing for the Sharks, but mainly Ramian Miller and um, Wade Graham. They they did sweet fuck all, and for the majority of this game, I thought Young Iroh was pretty good on debut. Mm. He he made um, I think he made about five handling errors, but he absolutely put in and did everything he could. He looks like a pretty good, um, pretty strong ball runner, but yeah, obviously got to work on his ball control there. Um, he did try his ass off though. Uh, Talakai Mulatano were probably the best of the backs. Talakai's playing more like a front rower recently. I've, I've mentioned it a few times re- over the time. They're just not giving him any time he, to run one on one at his opposition. He's just taking well, the hit ups out yeah. of the back end and playing as a front rower. Um, yeah. The yeah, halves so. were hit and miss. They were good a couple of times, but they probably missed more often than they hit. Um, yeah, it was it was a very uninspiring game to be honest. Nakora and McInnes were the best players by a long way. Um, front row was okay, and so was Braley, who just does his job every week. But um, I thought Nakora was probably the man of the match in this game. Um, quite convinced. Oh, sorry, actually, I thought McGuinness was probably Nakora got flattered with a try, and um, I think McGuinness was probably the man of the match for the time that he was on the field and the work that he did. Closely yeah. followed by Nakora, and then Mulatano with a couple of tries. Go with that, because by the back end of this game, I was well and truly in. Ollie's birthday party and it was getting <laughs> hazy, so we'll, happy birthday to the young fella. But uh, a couple of weeks of doing notes and he's fucking. He's, he's, he's all worn out. He's tucked out. He's poor gone. bugger. Twenty to ten, the the Rabbitohs beat the Cowboys. If you want to listen to people, apparently every favour under the sun to do so, but they did win. And um, nah, what does that say? So. Neither all. do I, but anyway. Neither team really played with any sort of... They all played a little bit below themselves, to be honest. Um, three tries to two, three out of three conversions for South, one out of two for the Cowboys, and one out of one penalty for South. 71% completion from both teams, which was 32 out of 45 sets, playing 30 out of 42. Four line breaks for South, two for the Cowboys, 25 tackle bust to 20, nine offloads to 10, four force dropouts to two, 312 tackles played 381. Two ruck infringements to one. Two inside the 10 against the Cowboys. Four penalties conceded to eight. 15 errors from both teams. Two bins for the Cowboys. Murray with 37 tackles. Robson with 47. Latrell with 175 running metres and Felt with 165. Graham missed four tackles, made 17. Hiku missed three and made 21. And Tamalolo missed five and made 30. Keon Kulamatangi with 86 supercoach points. Latrell with 76 Two other players before you got to drink water for the Cowboys. He's good, Colin Tungy. He's very good. Absolutely. What do you say? Yeah, Bam, what do you say? I thought both teams. You can just tell the story. Both teams uh, seem to be playing a bit of a warm up game for mine, uh, running around at about 60 or 70%, not really stretching out and trying to do anything out of the ordinary. I think it was more a bit of cat and mouse, to be honest. I think they just didn't want to show each other what's coming up, coming finals time. So they just sort of played a training drill, you know, just catch and pass, catch and pass, you know, go through the middle of the field and without really extending themselves and trying to get, you know, without trying, basically trying to get through without any injuries or niggles or mm. all the rest of that kind of stuff. The backs from both sides pretty much had little little impact in the game whatsoever. It was played right through the middle of the field. Um, the, the forwards... Held, controlled most of the possession and the majority of the time with the ball. Um, Cotter and Gilbert were decent off the bench. The rest of the starting pack were average for the Cowboys, I thought. Robson was a standout. Uh, the halves were okay. The try from Kyle Felt was fantastic down the side where um, he got put away and then he had to kick again and score there. Yeah. I thought that was a, one of the highlights of the matches. 
But um, the majority of South's pack were good, and that's where they won this game. Um, they, they just kept coming through the middle, and they just wore the Cowboys out by the end of it. Both teams are pretty good in defence, but as I said, I don't think anyone really played at the top of their game. They just did what they needed to do to try and get through the game without getting bashed up too much. Um, Murray and Keon were the standouts in the middle of the field. Burgess was pretty good off the bench, and when Latrell was interested, he looked like a superstar, and when he wasn't, <laughs> he was non-existent. Which is it's interesting. They packed yeah. him off to the farm straight after this game, but yeah, um, um, Kulamatangi with three, Murray with two, and Latrell with one point for mine. Yeah, um, I do. And so the theory, my theory, that the Cowboys are three weeks behind uh, Brisbane on the petrol gauge. How far off am I? Maybe a week or two, but yeah, you, they're definitely get, they're getting lower, miles? lower. Yeah, it looks looks to me that they and it's the same. Did it, it's given what they've achieved, they've had a whole bunch through Origin. Uh, I haven't looked at who they're resting this week. Uh, presumably not many because they probably want to win. But Penrith have sent their Windsor Wolves up there. Um, Absolutely, but they're still a a, a, a large a large forward pack built around 18, 19, 20 year olds. Uh, and older bodies. The best thing that happened was Luciano. Well, it looks like if yeah, Luciano, Luciano wasn't there, they would have. Um, they would have. I reckon the wall they were. They would have hit the wall. Yeah. I think the best thing they've happened to him is Luciano going yeah. there. To me, yeah, and Nanai's starting to look a bit got tired. Drink, you've got drink water now playing halves, which closes his space down just a bit, and he's got to do a bit that, that bit more work. But his his service was okay here. Um, but uh, they're not the same team without um, Dearden on the field, and yeah. it's just. Um, I, I can see them hitting Well, Hess is looking soon. tired. Um, Tomalolo's as well, and probably Nanai, which have been some of their strike weapons yeah, throughout Nanai's, the years. Nanai's enough, done nothing for, for a month now. Um, yeah. So, so, anyway. Yeah, two to three weeks. But I st- there, there'll be a game. They've still got a game or two in them where they'll get up, and I think they'll um, – obviously, you would expect them to beat Penrith this week. How much effort they put in to try and do that would be interesting coming can, into the yeah, finals. We'll, um, we'll save that preview for. Wouldn't for be surprised the next if they rest a couple, but um, yeah, their their first game in the finals will. I don't even know if that'll be their peak game. That'll probably be their second game because you don't want to peak in the first game when you've still got a second chance. I would imagine. Obviously, they get they're not going to go out there not to try and win. No, but, but I think I think Sharks would be very happy to play them. If yeah. that's how, that, I think that's pretty much what's going to happen. It looks like it's going to be. I think that Sharks way. Will be very happy to play him because they can do the same thing, and they can. It's not quite clutch time, and I think there's plays. That you still want. You still. We still need to see cl- clutch Matt Moylan, and whereas he can get for a week, or he's, he can be good without being clutch, and that's. It's interesting times. It gives them another week to get Rudolph back, who's Sharks are desperate it, for. But um, the best thing is that we we have a top eight where I don't think there's that you can make a case for. Probably seven of them. Yeah, I would imagine which is, so. Which is fantastic for for once. Like last year, the game was dead, and they were Man United, Penrith, and that was it. Now <laughs> it's now I would back every other team in the top eight at the prices um, to be a chance. Speaking twenty two twenty four, the Tigers lost to the Dragons. Barney stats. Four out of four tries for both teams. Three out of four conversions for both sides. And one out of one penalty attempt for the Dragons. 62% completion for the Tigers, 85% for the Dragons. 23 out of 37 sets played 36 out of 42. 400 plus running metres and 130 plus post contact metres 
Um, I'm not sure whose side that went for, actually, because I thought the Tigers were much better early, but I'm guessing it was the Dragons. Uh, five line breaks to three. Th 40. No, no, it was... Oh, yeah, it was the Dragons. Yeah. Only because of two blokes. Because of the back end of the game. You can, yeah. guess, you can <laughs> guess who. Four, uh, 43 tackle bust played 33. Nine offloads to 13. One force dropout to two. No 40-20s. 348 tackles played 243. No, that's a fucking massive difference. 100 tackles in a game of footy. And it was all because the Tigers couldn't hold on to the ball. But uh, two ruck infringements to three, three inside the 10 to one, four penalties conceded to eight, 16 errors to 10, a sin bin for the Tigers, two for the Dragons. Simpkins made 37 tackles, Laurie made 34, Offen Gow with 125 running metres, Jaden Sewer with 221, Madden missed seven tackles, made 21, Hunt missed seven and made nine, Figai missed five and made seven. Between both sides, there was maybe 30 or 40 minutes of decent footy in this one. That's um, generous. <laughs> the closest of the scores, um, and both teams trying to score points, at least they were sort of throwing it around. They kept dropping it, but they were actually trying to score tries, which is, you know, can be better than can be said from a few teams that just sort of packed up shop during the week, but um, kept it interesting. There was a lot of football played here that was worse than my liver feels after a weekend, <laughs> to be honest. I had to watch you, you poor bastard, have have more ups and downs than a yo-yo. Like, you dead set looked like someone who had 15 different personalities and every single one of them popped up every couple of minutes. One was screaming, one was crying, one was focused, just running a month. What, what I'll do next, what we'll do next year um, is put the little wireless mic on me one game and just film Absolutely. me at that table watching the Tigers. Like you went through the seven stages of grief about three times in this game. That, and that's the key point, it was grief. And you know what, I'll, you know what the thing well, with just, me? Like I'll I was grieving, out here, I so was, was grieving at halftime. Yeah, I was grieving when we were ahead by, uh, head by 12. Denial, like, anger. Bargaining, depression, <laughs> acceptance, <laughs> and then processing grief. And I saw this three, at least three times in a row out here. Oh, fucking. No, that's not right. That's a shit call. Fucking just hold on to the ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if Dewey can just maybe do this, then maybe. Oh, <laughs> it was classic. Well, oh, man, I felt for you, to be honest, sitting up here watching this game with you. Um, Tigers were the better team, I thought. I thought the Tigers deserved to win this game and they should have put on a lot more points in that first hour. Oh, first probably 50 minutes realistically. But every time they needed to hang on to the fucking thing, they dropped it. When they had the Dragons pinned in their own in goal for a dropout that doesn't go the 10 metres, a young bloke standing there and it hits him on the fucking foot. And the Dragons get a penalty and go up the other end of the... They just absolutely shot themselves in the foot so many times. It was one of their better performances for the first half. But, yeah, um, the Dragons are pretty flat for the majority of the game, to be honest. Um, they only picked up in the second half when the Tigers kept giving them the ball back. And then the big the big issue was the line speed just completely went out of the Tigers. Um, I don't know if they fatigued or if they just fucking they were getting in their own heads or what it was, but they were def definitely weren't getting off the line and that led to Jaden Sewer just running amok through the middle of the field and Bird getting on the back of that. Um, the stats don't... Again, I think we've said it two or three times in Dragons games recently that the stats don't show how effective I think Jack Bird was. He was yeah. directing the play. He was getting players in the right position. He was getting the ball to the right parts of the field and it was mainly through his running game uh, and some short passes, but... I thought he was um, really effective in this it's, game for the Dragons. It's very simple. You, you, when you talk about 3-2-1s, if Jack Burr is not on the field, the Tigers win the game. Yeah. If 
Jaden Sewell's not in the field, the Tigers win the Absolutely. game. Absolutely. So I think they're 3 yeah. 2. Um, well, I had Sewell 3, and I actually gave Dewey 2 because I thought he was fantastic when he was good. Um, obviously, so, yeah. the rest of them didn't help him. You've covered off my Sunday afternoon, but <laughs> they, like, I knew they were going to lose at half time. Yeah. Like, I knew it. And I, and I, it was just a matter of how. How do they fuck this up? How will they do something incredibly dumb? I did hear dumb? that quite a few times. <laughs> like I, I sit there with my head in my hands watching Tigers games, even when they should be ahead, and you just know it's coming. It's it's quite a, if if you're not a Tigers fan, which luckily most people aren't, uh, but lots are. Uh, it's quite a surreal feeling being a Tigers fan because you know it's coming. You know, and I know Tigers fans that just don't watch games for that reason or watch them afterwards. But the shit they can do, like just um, like first, like you are employed gainfully employed to do a job and you can't do it. I uh, remember, mate, the late this, 90s and then that sort of period around 2005, the Sharks were exactly the same. Oh, they get like out to a 20-point lead and you're just like, they're going to lose this fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to do something but I thought, stupid. I agree. I, thought, I, you know, I actually thought the Tigers' effort in defence was good because by all rights in a second half, they probably should have got wiped because they did fuck what I don't think they had any ball. No, they had I think no the one, ball. The first ball they got, um, Kulamatungi busted open, Madden ran away and scored. Um... But then, so you get to the back end of the game, as you touched on. We've had him touching on the dumb shit in the first half. We'll just brush that over. As I agree with you. In terms of, I thought Hunt was very disappointing. This game, I thought his average yeah, uh, until they so until they could win the game. Amon, I don't. Amon, did he get hooked? Yeah. yeah um, but Hunt, if Hunt, you look at the stats, Hunt was actually worse than Amon. <laughs> yeah, but yes, but when all of a sudden ten minutes ago they they were sniff, he was good. He was getting um, involved, as was Lomax, and Lomax was dangerous the whole game, uh, but. He's, he's, he's back in his second half was very good. Um, Jack Bird was absolutely sensational. <laughs> as was Sewell was the best player f- for 80 minutes, I'd say. And, yeah, absolutely. And Bird was the key player. Um, but going that back end, you're ahead by you're, – you, you've scored the try. You, you've got a scrum 20 out in front. Uh, you, who knows? You might have something happen. You can you can wrap this game up, um, two six in front. And Dewey throws a forward pass into someone who – Knocks on, they get the ball, go up, march up the field, Nelly score, they have a try disallowed. Um, not long later, yeah, as you said, six in front, a dropout doesn't go to the ten. I actually went to, I watched it go up. I went for a piss, thinking, "How good's that? We're going to win a game." He's going to have a shot in front. Came out, what the fuck? Aren't and they were kicking for touch. I just went, <laughs> and I, I, it had to be explained to me. I had to be put into a corner and patted on the head and given some water. And, and uh, something to calm me down. And um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it is a special case to be a Tigers fan. And that'll be something for next year. We might, I might even do this. No, I might even Mike Dino one up this week and film this. That might be fun. Yeah, let's but, do um, that. That'll be, that'll be actually quite good. Yeah, uh, it would yeah. be good. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I agree with you 3 2 1. Three, let's go with 3 3 to um, Sewer. Three Dewey, to Sewer, 2 to Dewey, and 1 to Bird. Uh, just a couple of mentions of the players. I thought um, Brown was decent at 13 and how he doesn't start at hooker in front of those two that you played surely, on the weekend. I have no fucking idea. He'd be pushing to start 13 but, next year. Yeah, often Gary was very good, um, as was Freebarn. Freebarn has effort. The thing is, he's fresh but have effort. Um, all this stuff during the week about, oh, Tigers and lose. I'm a bit off Jock Madden. I'm underwhelmed. Yeah. I don't he's just poor play. He's fantastic. He's a... He does what he has to do as a halfback. And to a lug, he's not going to be the greatest loss in the world either, I don't no. think. You, get, you can find someone in Reggie's that'll take that spot. Um, or even like, you know, big Isaiah Poppy. Yeah, that, that might, he, he might, might go all right. right. <laughs> 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 I thought Lomax and Moga were really good on that right hand side, yeah. but the opposite side for the Dragons was shit house. Um, as I mentioned, Bird, I thought was the best creative player on the field. And Laurie 
was actually pretty good again for the in the middle of the field. And Jack DeBellum was um, really good, especially in cover defence uh, around the middle of the yeah. field. He seemed to stop a couple of opportunities where they made a break in the middle of the field, and he was the the last line of defence dragging somebody down. But the, the dragons, yeah, they just exist. They're just there, and absolutely, they like they should have lost it by all rights. They would have lost this game by twenty to most teams. They probably should have lost to this team, um, but they win games. So I guess that's kudos to someone. Yeah, if if, you, if the Tigers had got their role a little bit stronger through the middle early or a bit better execution in the first half, they should have walked away with this game. But Ray Musgrove was okay. He's very he's as good a he's as big a rocks and diamonds player as you get, but his best is very good and his worst is sluggish and average. So whatever. Yep. Yeah, let's move on on the, on Zane Musgrove for some reason. We'll put a pen <laughs> in it, but okay. And the round wrapped up with thirty six twenty six the Titans over the Knights. Which meant that I did tip the round and every margin, Barney, so... Fantastic. Did you put the bets on? No. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up making about 100 bucks this weekend. On yeah, good day. Margin, no, I um, fucking did. Terrible. No, I got, the, I, got one, I, got a, I got the multi in this game out. I got a six-leg um, margin multi, which was worth yeah. about 70 bucks, which Lovely. was nice. So. I did tip a snap dancer a good thing on uh, Show Us Your Tips in the Beautiful. group one Memsies, eh, something. How good. It's seven tries for the Titans, five for the Knights. Four out of seven conversions played three out of five. 86% completion played 73%. 31 out of 36 sets played 25 out of 34. 150 plus post-contact metres for the Titans. Six line breaks to nine. 47 tackle bus played 38. And I think about 30 of them came in the last 20 minutes mm. for the Knights. Ten offloads to seven. One forced dropout to zero. Zero 40 twenties. 295 tackles played 342. Two ruck infringements against the Knights. Zero inside the tens. Five penalties conceded by the Titans. One by Newcastle. Eight errors to nine. A send-off for... Who got sent off? Uh, um, yep. One of them got sent off. talking, I'll look <laughs> Can't even remember who got oh, sent Brian off. Oh, Brian Kelly for the oh, throw. Oh, Brian Kelly. Yeah. yeah, that was a bad one, actually. He'll go close to missing the rest of the season, he but probably weeks. won't hurt him because he, <laughs> he's been struggling recently. Yeah, he got but, four weeks. I think we said that. Yeah, Tino made 35 tackles, Clemmer with 47. Tino made 257 running metres and Gay Guy made 236. Firma missed seven tackles and made 25. AJ missed five and made 11. Clune missed five and made 17. And Gay Guy missed seven, I think in the first 15 minutes or so, he <laughs> missed those tackles and made 17. Doesn't don't don't no just looking at yeah. don't these stats speak for themselves in defence? A lot of them. When yeah, they're absolutely. like when you have you're not far off having all thirteen starting players. You you've got thirteen players from the Titans running over hundred metres. And yeah. the Knights uh, aren't far off the same. Yeah. Yeah, defence was um was not a thing that they were holding up. Especially out in the outside. I didn't bag backs. the Dragons' line speed enough either. They were all, they were woefull. Yeah, this is especially for that first little of fucking killing you through so. the ruck. How well are you going? Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the Titans dominated this game for an hour on both sides of the ball. They were hitting hard in defence and then causing chaos in the defensive line for the Knights um, in all parts of the field, not just on the edges. They were doing it through the middle as well. But um, then they fell in an absolute fucking hole. For 20 minutes, <laughs> and it looks like that looks to, to the me point like where they were going to lose the game. I thought they were going to lose at the back end of this game. Gay guy was just causing absolute chaos down that right hand side for, for the Newcastle team. 
And um, he was probably the only reason that they got as close as they did, realistically, because he, he would look like Pete Gay Guy there for the 15 minutes, 20 minutes, where he was just beating blokes inside and out and putting other people away as well. But um, there's a lot of poor reads in defence from both teams, but especially late in the game from the Titans and some one-on-one misses that led in a lot of points early for Newcastle, which was probably the reason that they, you know, the, they they lost, uh, the, they got a... They lost this game because they were pathetic in the first 20 to 30 minutes. Um, apart from the first try that they scored from Edric Lee over with the kick over in the corner, they um, they just got dominated by the Titans. Uh, especially on the edges of the ruck with Tino and um, AJ just <laughs> causing all sorts of problems for the for the uh, mm. halves in defence for, for Newcastle. Dom Young... I thought it was fantastic. Um, he's got a great work rate. He makes a couple of errors, but he's um, he's improved massively this year. He's Just turned twenty. He's, he's he's now a yeah. He's someone you'd want in massive on the body. Wing for you. He's happy yeah. to take um, runs into contact and um, you know good good jump and good leap and a decent finisher. So and you flag Mapapalangi. I think he'll be he'll yeah, make it. He's um, he looks really good uh, with his footwork's fantastic and. Um, his defence isn't too bad either, so we'll see how he progresses in the next season. But, um, yeah, I can see him being a pretty decent player. Uh, Clemmer, Braley and Frizzell were absolute standouts again. Um, they are every week for Newcastle because the rest of them suck, realistically. <laughs> <laughs> um, gay Guy, as I said, was poor in defence early but came to life in the last 20 minutes and was the reason they got as close as they did. Daniel Saifidi was decent, but... Both of those uh, Feedy boys have fallen off a cliff this year. Um, there's something there. Though. Like they, they are good players, but I don't know what it is. But their effort seems to be down quite a bit. Um, the Titans were pretty much all decent, apart from Brian Kelly. He was... Um, and Paul Turner. Uh, I don't know how they find a spot for him on the bench. He does very little um, in the mm. time that he's out there. And um, Brian Kelly just cannot tackle. It doesn't matter who's running <laughs> at him. He just cannot tackle. Um Mo and Jolliffe were good through the middle of the field. The halves were very good, I thought. Uh, and they seemed to have a pretty good combination, Tanner Boyd and AJ Brimson. They just, they just seemed to know what each other's doing, which is something to work on. Um, obviously, Foran coming there the year, the, next year almost a, throws the spanner into work. He's, he's half a spanner into works because what do you do? Yeah. Because now now Tanner Boyd looks a, a likely prospect. I dare say Foran probably plays seven, to be honest. And they play AJ at six, yeah. just so they can play Campbell at fullback. But we'll see what happens there. I thought Mazu was fantastic again. Um, how yeah. he hasn't played every game for him this year, I don't understand. Campbell was decent. Firmer was good again. He puts in. He's just the guy you need in your back row. He just constantly turns up. Can sniff out a try. Runs a really good line. He's got an offload in him as well. And Tino was magnificent. Tino was the best player on the field by a fucking mile. When was the last time a Ford ran 257 metres? Yeah. If James Tedesco had done it, we'd be raving about it. It's amazing. Um, it, the same, just and back to my same game, Multi, pass, um, which got up, which I think was Gay Guy and a couple of wingers. Uh, if you're ever going to go a five-leg one, you would have thrown the two Titans back rows in, and it was almost a yeah, after-the-fact kicking myself. Well, I, I did. I, I showed you the – I had a seven-leg, and I missed by one, which was Mapalangi, who was held up over the I'm, line. I'm trying to cut Which back, is only worth about 180 to one. But this was this was um, the game to have a crack. Yeah, well, it was actually this week there game. was going to be plenty of tries. This, this round's a game so. to have a crack because there's going to be some zero shits given in some of them. So. Yeah, the, this is like for 
for your tipping comms, make sure you check the team list an hour before every game yeah, because there's going to be, gonna be some chaos going on with team lists this weekend. I would imagine depending on results because obviously if if the Cowboys lose, the Sharks will probably rest most of their team. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Opposite way around, there's a few different things there. But yeah, I dare say there'll be a few players getting a rest depending on results. Tino but, 3, AJ 2. Yep. He was fantastic. He was fast. He was strong. Uh, and he looked he looked sensational. It just shows really you how good. much that fullback six role sort of interchanges. Mm. Because if you're quick enough and you've got good footwork and you can throw a decent pass, you can play both yeah. fullback and six. The only thing that'll catch you out is fullback. You need to be a bit better in well, defensive <laughs> positioning and stuff like that. But a good, I'm trying, like a, an adventurous coach or even a smart coach, um, even, you know, arguably a Trent Robinson, you could have Campbell and interchange, Campbell and uh, AJ interchange and sweep one way or another, this way, that way. Um, Rich Manu's doing a lot more of for the Roosters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he used to do it really well. Melbourne do, but they're different. Melbourne have all their halves just running everywhere. Well, so, Nico was doing it well last Nico, year. For Nico him Munster when he was Hughes was, was like yeah. the, the apex of that, I suppose. Um, there's another team I can't think what it is. Anyway, that, that's the way you probably got to look, and that's why that's why they really should probably you know have a set where Jaden plays in the line and AJ can swoop. Or if AJ swoop, can so. get someone on his inside that's able to position him in half a gap, like he's that quick, he can just go straight yeah. through it. He's got footwork as well. Broad, and he, he's, he's tough broad, enough. He's broad, like yeah, not big, but he's broad and he can. Yeah. The only break real sort of question else, mark yeah. on AJ is is his defence when he gets spotted up one on one against yeah, yeah, the big yeah. guys. But that's the same with pretty much every half in the competition. So, um, his form for, for, in the last well, what, three that, weeks. Has what been I just spoke about fantastic. actually is um, Foran's that line taking on half. Foran can get into the line, offload and or draw open up that space, and all of a sudden. You got one on each side, and that's if you're a Titans fan. We tipped them to AJ you know, can go we, himself. Or we were raving about Titans preseason. Give it but to somebody that, else. That if you're a Titans fan, you should have some hope. I think now. I had them running tenth, which is you're probably. Right. I think I was saying six or seven away, but yeah. and I was wrong. <laughs> Mel was, <Mel> was right. <laughs> we'll, we'll go through that. And have a look at it, but yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Let's move. That, that's it. Yeah. They need a nine. Um, yeah, got Verils. How good? Yeah, absolutely. Verils coming <laughs> in next year. Verils and four, and then. I don't know how they, you know, Tanner might play 14. one or two workers in the you, pack. You don't need Paul. You don't need Paul Turner. And you piss off. No, Brian. They need two centers. Well, yeah, you, you've got <laughs> absolutely. You got, right. you, you, but you keep you. You can play Thompson there, but you keep Kelly. Uh, you keep, don't keep Kelly. Don't keep you keep Kelly. Fafia and Marzu, and you um. Yeah, absolutely. you can look at old mate who's injured, and I can't think of his name. Well, Fafita probably find someone. Fafita to me looks more like a center than he does a winger anyway. So oh, yeah, I think you he could is, find yeah. another winger yeah. and then. And then, but the yeah. problem is both AJ and um, Campbell are just that big, too small to be a strike center. Yeah. Well, a lot too small to be a strike center. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, look back on all things round uh, twenty-four. Have you got a p- 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 peanut pelican or even a um, pot plan of the week? I do have a pot plan of the week. Mine was uh, Violea from the Warriors. <laughs> the bloke played eighty minutes, had six runs for thirty-eight meters. Missed seven tackles and made 14. Had very little impact on this game. Um, basically, every time Penrith wanted points, they just went and spotted him up and they got points out of him. So, oh, I'm going to have Jake Turpin. Yeah. I'm just going to pick a Brisbane player, but um, I was going to pick all of Brisbane. <laughs> Let's just go for all of Brisbane because Brisbane has pretty just average. become a pop player. Uh, yeah. But 
Turpin's um lower like he we talk about teams that need better hookers, he's their top of the list. Considering he was the um the hype coming through what year and a half ago, there's gonna be a well, know, even to, even that pre-COVID year when we first hooker. started, we wrapped him, and he just he just exists. Oh, Nathan Heimarsh is here. That's cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> young Nathan Heimarsh yeah. just walked into the um, You got a? Oh, you got one? You feel like you Yeah, Violia from the Warriors. You. Yeah. Uh, you got a slapper. I do, and it's I'm loath to do it, but it's Kurt Capel. Mm. Um, I thought this was probably the worst performance I think I've ever seen in his career, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. apart from maybe one of the games he played in centres for the Sharks where he just dropped everything that came his way. <laughs> but um, he played 80 minutes again. He only had six runs for 65 metres, missed seven tackles, made 22. It's just not his normal go. And it's it's not a, you know, a slapper's in you, the worst player in the world. It's be better, <laughs> Kurt. Yeah, we, 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 we do give we love slaps. Better, so. Lo- we do give love <laughs> slaps. Baby love slaps. I'm gonna. How can I not slap the Tigers? Yeah, Honestly, how can absolutely. I not fucking slap the Tigers? And I don't want to single the young fella out, but I love slap. <laughs> the rest of them get a full slap, but he can have a love slap on the wing. Learn the rules, young young fella. Yeah. Why are you Why are you standing in front of the ten like meter line? Stand on, <laughs> I don't know. And it was only about five meters out or two, two I think, that he was standing when it hit him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, salute. Who am I going to salute here? I am going to salute. 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 I'm just going to salute everyone on the field in the Storm Roosters game. I loved it. I loved yeah, yeah, yeah. every minute of it. It was and a fucking great game of football. Uh, bonus salute for Tino because he's awesome. Well, that's my salute. Oh, well, there you, go. <laughs> you run 250-odd metres, make 30-odd tackles. I think you missed three or four, but you know, that happens occasionally. He set up, I think he set two, two tries up or at least two line breaks up that led to tries, and he was in absolutely everything. Um Eighty percent of the time this year, he's been fantastic when he's played for the Titans, and they, they absolutely need him. So they need to build the club around that bloke. Fucking t- just ask him what he wants, and fucking let him tell yeah. them what they need to do. Because he's they need amazing. to sit him and uh, old D five down in a room and say, "Look, boys, can we be honest here? Can we just swap? <laughs> can we just swap around? salaries? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you give him your cash." And yeah. <laughs> Uh, bonus pop plan for the Bulldogs. They've tapped out. Yeah, they've tapped out. They've and that's it. That's been fun, David. Taz. That's a good time, Taz, but this Taz. takes us back. Um, good chat. Any questions? Not for you. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, I question myself all the time, so there's enough there. Um, this has been Footy and Frothies, RugbyLeagueMerch.com, uh, all the socials. And we'll be back very shortly to look at the Father's Day and final round of the year, our last preview show of the season proper. We nearly get a rest. <laughs> Working on excited. it. excited. <laughs> We're all excited for off-season Can't now. wait for a couple of weeks oh, off, to be honest. Can't wait. <laughs> anyway, there's also footy on, so um, stay safe, guys, and talk soon.